0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Plotlines, I'm your host Connor, and today I want to talk about the four most important aspects or most important traits to have in a monarchy for the king or the queen to have, and I think it's a very interesting thing to look at, especially since there aren't that many ruling monarchies and in today's society but to it's important to look back at the most important aspects that have kept them in either power or have made them made uh, made certain kings much more respectable than other kings who have been very very bad at different things now the most or i'm not going to rank these these aren't the these aren't ranked in any order. This is just most important. One of the most important, or the you know, the first one I'm going to discuss is a good camaraderie and a g- great relationship with the aristocracy. It's important to be able to uh, corral them into into being sort of. Uh, on the same page in some level, it's important to have their respect and important that if there are problematic or, you know, um, sort of... Basically, to make sure that that a monarchy, the monarch, is a good sort of voice of reason to the aristocracy and to make sure that they realize how important their, their role in society in an er in a monarchy is, and that they don't become, uh, sort of, they don't get into the sort of, uh, all about themselves situation. It's important for them to not be, it's important for them to have a duty and not, um, sort of, enslaved to their own desires, which can get the aristocracy in a lot of hot water, especially if there is a rising bourgeoisie, which I think is shown pretty clearly in the French Revolution. As the bourgeoisie in the French Revolution rose up in prominence, their wealth became extravagant, and the, uh, the aristocracy became slothful and and um selfish overall it led for to the aristocracy as well as the king to be extraordinarily vulnerable now the second most important of the the second one of the important uh, important traits to have as a monarch is to have a good relationship with the clergy, um, and to make sure to my uh to to sort of uh, give the best clergy to give the mo- the least corrupt clergymen the most attention, and to allow them to be the symbols of a paragon of virtue, as well as a lo- uh, basically push for their advancement over corrupt officials and it will it will create a better relationship between the clergy and the subjects the the peasant classes or just the lower classes the middle and lower classes as well as give the aristocracy uh, something to look look up to as well instead of having a sort of Basically, the important thing is to basically not have two corrupt classes, the aristocracy and the clergy, and instead trying for a monarch to push them to be as uh as sort of moral as possible, especially to uphold orthodoxy, whatever that orthodoxy is in the monarchy. I'm expecting a Catholic monarchy but but in Orthodoxy, even Catholic monarchs were uh, often the head of the church of the, or head of the Protestant church in their country. So basically to keep some level of normalcy and to not continuously have social and uh, re- religious upheavals in a country. And then the third is to have a great relationship with the monarch's subjects. The subjects need to have a view of the king or queen is that of somebody who is uh, interested in their lives, somebody who is at their, or is, what's the word, an example for them, someone to look up for, someone to root for, somebody to... uh. To feel like they're on their side, and if you and if a king doesn't have that, it can easily lead to peasant revolts. Now the problem is that most peasant revolts don't are not the most effective. So that's one of the problems where kings often find their way down wrong paths, and where they often real or often. favor a corrupt clergy or a powerful aristocracy, it inevitably falls upon the peasants and it will be a tumultuous reign for a king if that situation continues and there will be unrest con- continuously instead of massive shifts. That, and that's the thing, is if you have the clergy and the uh if the clergy and the aristocracy are against the king you'll you will find most likely to be swift changes but peasants often brew in their or brood in their in their uh upsetness and will take action inevitably and it will not look good plus it's just not good for Economy, or for uh, overall happiness, and a king should be looking for peace and happiness in his realm if he is to succeed. Now, the fourth and the final one I am going to discuss is the fact that all of the the three groups—the peasants, the clergy, and the aristocracy—are all very human, and that means that they often have either um, mischievous ideas, or they have animosities towards each other amongst each other, and that bodes great bodes chaos in the kingdom. And the important way to offset those situations is to, is for the king or the queen to be able to balance the power. So to not allow any faction, especially just, it could be, depending on what it is, maybe it's a religious faction, maybe it's a, um, a political faction, purely political, not, not having religious content, uh, you know, focus so maybe some a, a pretender to the throne or something like that. The importance is to balance it off, whether that use whether well, using foreign means like um, relationships with other kings or countries or so on, or having their uh, balancing them off with other members of the aristocracy, clergy, and subjects. It is important for them. To create a good balance of power, if the if and when those situations arise, and I would say, obviously, a king, if if a king breaks the other three, to do the fourth one, it is not a good move. You don't want to break the uh, sort of respect of the aristocracy and then you and you don't want to promote corruption in the clergy as well as uh and I don't mean take control of the religion or something I just mean it do what the king would have to do what's in his power to to make sure that uh who you know I in a catholic situation it would be to make sure relationships with the papacy were good as well as influence enough to make sure that uh the pope knows when bad clergymen are in high positions and and the the pope is in the position to make changes so i would i would say those are the most important and i hope you find i hope you found that very interesting and uh I think maybe things might change my opinion on what makes a good king and and that's what i'm uh seen through history and I think uh one of the big problems is that Louis the 16th didn't do the first two enough and had a rising bourgeoisie and the and his subjects were on his side for the most part, but once you lose. Once you have chaos amongst the aristocracy and the clergy, which is what plagued his reign, it allows for money, which is what the bourgeoisie were sort of the embodiment of, to disrupt the entire system, creating a diabolical scenario which led to his execution. So, that that is the signs of... Doom. Now, I hope you guys like this and um, like the uh, or leave a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. And please share this episode to your friends or anybody who you think would enjoy it and have a great day. Bye.